Welcome to the panel scanners and part two of the Scanny Awards 2023. If for some reason you missed our episode earlier this month, uh, maybe go back and listen to that. We talk a little bit more about the big screen and then comic books, but I believe our focus is going to be a little more comic book forward this evening. Uh, and I'm going to, well, before I kick it off, in case you did miss or you forget, we don't talk about best here. We talk about our favorites. So we talk about our favorite comic books, our favorite title of the year. We are not saying it's the best. We know that is something that is very much per the person who's doing it. But, you know, this is what we talk about and this is what we enjoy. With me, just like earlier this month, is Gary the Gare Bear. Gary, Gary. How are you, Gary? That's a lot, that's a lot of Gary's. Gary, Gary. A lot of Gary's for your dollar. You know what? I'm doing, doing well, Phil. Doing well. That's good. This is what we get for talking about Transformers off mic. Oh, yeah. All right. Good and, also, and also my longtime companion, Darren. A common law and everything. How you doing? Holy crap. We would be common law, wouldn't we? But absolutely. Oh, man. It's a long time. I think I need to hit the old dusty trail. Uh, sorry. Is that code for something? That's code for I don't want to be common law to Darren. Anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, but you, Gary. He's had me, me, we're going on, we're, I mean, we're pushing 40 years at some point coming up here soon. Right. I mean, well, we were friends well before we were doing this. So I they Gary. always are, Phil. They always are. Anyhow, now that that's done. <laughs> Like, let's get into the categories so that uh, I don't get even more uncomfortable with the two gentlemen that are with me. Uh, we're going to kick Hello. it off. Hello. Anyway. Yeah, uh, someone who's basically your common law wife. I do have a common law wife. My fiance might not be happy with that, but that's fine. Or maybe she will. All right. Hmm. Moving on. Singer, <laughs> but I lost it. I, I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Right. So let's let's kick this off with our favorite Lead hero, and I'm I'm going to start this, and it's been a long time since I've been able to do this, but with a video game, with a fantastic movie, and with a really good run, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, has finally taken it for me again uh, for the first time in, I think, four years? I know, I know Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. There, there's no doubt there. I read... 85 to 90 percent of the spider-man things that come out i know that sounds like it should be 100 but if you actually go to a comic shop there is an insane amount of spider-man i'm even reading uncanny spider-man which is nightcrawler as spider-man right now it's a whole thing but peter parker himself is my favorite lead hero i still get very excited picking up the books and some of the story arcs from this past year have just been so unbelievably good but i guess we'll talk about that a little bit later darren my favorite lead hero is Christopher Chance, the human target, part private eye, part bodyguard, and a full nod to movie stars such as Paul Newman and Steve McQueen. He is able to bob and weave his way easily through the most powerful beings, beings and subplots, bringing them down in the process, but not without high cost. Gary? All right. My favorite lead hero, and I do have kind of a, a disclaimer to this entire uh segment here um i have been collecting but had not read monstrous this year nor have i read any new canto 
Now, I heard Kanta was picked up by Dark Horse and will continue. But had those two been those two books been in the mix, I'm sure all of these selections would have been different. All right. My favorite lead hero. Um, I actually have a three-way tie for my selection of favorite lead hero. Um, I'm selecting Jake Lockley, Mark Spector, and Stephen Grant. For simplification purposes, I will just refer to the trio as Moon Knight. Uh, there is nothing in my history that would have pointed me towards this character, but I'm so glad I found him. And he was also my selection last year. I remember that. Yeah. He is. It's a cool character. He is. And I don't know why I love him so much, but I do. Well, it's time to talk about the other side of the old comic book foil. Let's talk about our favorite lead villains for me. Been a, I, I have never been able to truly pull from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the Armageddon game went down this past year, which was run by the Rat King, whose favorite thing oh. is to toy with people and to make their lives as miserable as possible while making a game out of it. Something about his unbelievable power and how much he torments the turtles in a mythical way, it just does something. Um... There's no question that I enjoy the IDW TMNT run. It's been great. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to collect it in a trade format since I, I, I am so deep into it. Um, and the Rat King is one of those main reasons. He's truly evil, but he's a god, so he doesn't really seem to care. So for me this year, the Rat King. My pick for a favorite supporting character is Ice from the Human Target, DC. Lead villain? Lead villain? Lead villain? Back up. Yeah, like I said, uh, my pick for a favorite lead villain, thanks. Uh, <laughs> That's right, Green Lantern, Human Target. Uh, I know, he's, he's not supposed to be a villain, but this is the guy Gardner, and if you're familiar with DC, you know the guy's kind of a... He's a, he's a D-bag. Um... Among the Green Lanterns assigned to protect Earth and neighboring galaxies, viewed a hero by many, but his jealousy and narcissism are laid bare by Christopher Chance in Human Target. Gary? All right. My favorite lead villain. Um, last year, I selected uh, Zodiac from Moon Knight. But this year, I'm going with Thumper from Deadpool Batter Blood. Uh, Miles Ellison, a childhood friend of Wade Wilson, followed Wade to Department H in hopes of becoming just like him. That's the pre-cancer mutate version. He was manipulated by Felix Van Strutten and was turned into the unstoppable agent Ableus. Uh, through a series of events, Van Strutten, piggybacking off of Cable's telekinetic abilities, was able to transfer his own scientific mind from his own aged, failing body into Thumper's physically powerful one, making him the best, or in this case, worst of both worlds. Thumper. It will better blood. Didn't read that Deadpool run, so it was enjoyable then? Yes, and, and I, I think I touched on it last year, just, just seeing that whole batch of artwork again, and just, it was, it, it hit the right notes and you know, where it needed to. Fair enough. That was awkward. Right. Anyway. Moving on to supporting character <laughs> favorites from the past year. Um, this is showing that I'm dipping my toe into a world that I had stayed far, far away from and made the mistake of getting back into. My favorite supporting character is The Help from the Penguin series. 
Um, the help is basically the Penguins butler that he got back and is willing to do literally anything for him without questioning him because he showed him how unbelievably uh, maniacal he can be. Uh, the help is very interesting, relatively silent until he doesn't need to be, and just really helps fill out the story. Also, if you're not reading The Penguin, how dare you? Dare? I'm afraid now because I am not reading The Penguin. So what's it's about not, I was way too old. It's very good. Keep uh, eyes in the back of my head. Uh, my favorite supporting character, a big surprise here, Ice. Never saw that coming. Nope, nope. Uh, the human target DC, she became Christopher Chance's sidekick and so much more on his journey. The series added heft and depth to an otherwise merely peripheral character. Gary? My favorite supporting character. Uh, last year, I selected Dr. Andrew Sturman from Moon Knight. This year, I am going with, and Phil, help me out with this one if I mess it up, Handroid from Void Rivals. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, what looks like an old Nintendo Entertainment System power glove or the motorcycle accessory of the same name, is Derek's personal AI assistant. Used both for computation and combat, Android even drugged Derek's unconscious body to a nearby midkit and administered medical treatment. It is both an accessory and companion. It's like having Kit with you at all times, only without, at least to the best of my knowledge so far, the turbo boost capabilities. As Derek is a deep space pilot, Android is literally his right hand, right hand man, and uh, it breaks up him just sitting there alone in silence, which would not make for great reading. I like the concept, and it is a good represent representation of the regular. Excuse me. It is a good representation of the relationship of a man and his hand. Sorry, sorry. Gonna keep it together. All right. <laughs> I try not to look at it that way, and I don't think I'm gonna be able to read that book the same way going forward. So thanks, Gary. It talks back to him. It does talk back to him. Everything. All right. So uh moving forward. Favorite story arc. Um mine is Spider-Man's first hunt from the amazing Spider-Man. Peter Parker is infected by Craven's spear that was meant to bring the goblin back out of Norman Osborn. So last year, um, two years ago, a little while ago, uh, there was an original sins uh, story arc in which um, everyone's like sins were taken away from them by the sin eater. And that included Norman Osborn, which took away his whole green goblin aspect and Craven wanted to hunt the true green goblin. Peter Parker and Norman have been working together as of late. And when Craven went to stab Norman, uh, Peter jumped in the way, which turned Peter Parker, Spider-Man, into someone who decided that maybe handling his villains in a nice manner isn't the way to do it, including Mary Jane and the way she treated him, getting married to some other guy in an alternate dimension. It's a lot going on in Spider-Man. The reason that is my favorite is it's this is the second time in recent memory that they have taken Spider-Man and let him kind of lose the moral of it's not okay to hurt or potentially kill uh, to make sure that whatever he wants to accomplish gets accomplished. And there's just something really cool about that dynamic 
with Spider-Man because the whole the whole point is I don't kill. Like I I do it the best way possible. Him being truly evil and hunting others was just unbelievable and the final fight between him and craven was just so so good uh and i mean that's fairly recent so you can go check it out i think it's probably the next trade that'll drop so spider-man's first hunt is my favorite story arc my favorite story arc uh human target dc tom king greg smallwood christopher chance takes poison intended for lex luthor and has two weeks to live the Human Target is a long-standing DC character of two names, Fred Venable, first appearing in 1953, and the more popularly used Christopher Chance in 1972. Chance is a private eye bodyguard who assumes the identities of his charge in order to reveal plots and larger conspiracies surrounding those he is impersonating. The Human Target has actually made a number of TV's appearances as early as 1992 with Rick Springfield. Yes, that Rick Springfield as Christopher Chance Another attempt in 2010, both short-lived endeavors, uh, and of course, not surprisingly, Christopher Chance appeared in the Arrowverse. This 12-issue maxi-series, Chance spends the bulk of the issues investigating much of the mid-level DC characters, such as Guy Gardner, Ice, to name a few, in order to uncover the plot and in hopes to be able to uh, cure himself before he passes away. This is very much a neo-noir detective story with a terrific climax. Saying much more would spoil the end. Gary? Where did Rick Springfield portray... I'm trying to think what he did. I know he was on General Hospital back in the day, but I'm trying to think what other acting jobs he did where he would have done superhero work. Uh, well, he played the human target. <laughs> About the only one I can think of, which was a, I think there was eight episodes from what I saw. Oh, it was his own series. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's that's what I was going for. I just I didn't know if it was a guest appearance on something else or. All right, my favorite story arc: uh, Deadpool, Better Blood. It's got Deadpool and Cable and Wolverine and Spider Man and Venom Pool. The story has some surprises and was handled like the old Deadpool was handled. And I absolutely love that. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel I enjoyed, but I think it was more for the Easter eggs and contrasts that I noticed. The story was good, but I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if I wasn't already familiar with the characters and what I had to compare it to. On the other hand, you have Sacrificers, which is all original, but hasn't really even gotten to the meat of their story yet. World Tree is also original, but still hasn't fully been explained. So I'll go with the low-hanging fruit that I can always rely on. Deadpool, better blood. Awesome. All right. We're in the big ones, guys. These are our favorite artists to start with. So, favorite artists. Two honorable mentions, guys. My first honorable mention, Scotty Young. And that is for all of his variant covers. I cannot get enough of Scotty Young and his goofy, goofy variant covers. They make me happy. And I try my best to always grab them. They're available for things that I am reading. My second honorable is Marco Cicchetto, because this is the last time I can say for his work on Daredevil. Gary? All right. My favorite artist, uh, two honorable mentions, Sana Takata for her work on Monstrous. 
Um, last year's number one selection, and Mark's a perennial number two, Rob Liefeld for his work on Deadpool, Better Blood. And are we doing the, uh, the number one as well? Or Well, I'll bounce to mine. Uh, sadly, Darren okay. had to step away due to some, uh, you know, life, yeah. which is okay. Um, I will giggle at the fact that you said Liefeld for uh, favorite artist ever. Were there lots of belts? Well, he was my number one last year. And like I said, Mark is not a fan, so that's why he's his like number I, two. Number two as in poop. Poop, poop, poop. poop. Right, well, my number one is Fiona Staples for her work on Saga. I mean, come on, read Saga. Read Saga. There's so much of it, though. It, there's not. It's only like 50-some issues. You're fine. Oh, is that all? You're my friend. I'll lend you all the trades. I've got them well, all. It's not a matter of getting them. It's anyway, I still have monsters to catch up on. Learn to read in bed. That's what I do. Uh, requires me to be in bed. All right. Fairly, but seriously, Fiona Staples, like the artwork in that book. Granted, there's sometimes uh, some <clears throat> genitalia, but for the most part, it's just yeah, very, yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's very good. Um, on top of the writing for it, just the art brings me back. All so, right. Fiona Staples is my favorite this year. My favorite artist. Um, and this is this is a new one, but I was not aware that I was actually reading something that he had worked on before. Uh, Tony S. Daniels for his work on Edenwood and also on Noctera. Uh, Edenwood's only one issue in, but it's uh, and there was no canto that just hit all the right notes with me this year. And I really liked the look of Edenwood and was surprised to find out that it was the same artist that worked on another favorite book, Noctera. Everything is to realistic proportions, yet has just a hint of stylization to make it pop. Um, like I said, there was nothing out there that really blew me away this year, but I think that it has to be my favorite of what was available. Who's the artist on Holy Roller? I'm trying to remember. The art in that thing is great. Uh, Joe Troman? Yeah, that thing's cool. I don't know. Whatever. I, I get yeah, it. Like, no, I mean, I get it. Like, it, Sometimes it's tough. There's There's so much out there. Um, and I mean, if there's nothing that really sticks, there's nothing that really sticks, and so be it. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about? Not say no stuff's bad. I just you know like. No, I get it. I mean, there have been some years that like, legitimately, there are books that I have to keep flipping back through because the art's so great. Mm. And uh, Saga is the only thing that did that for me this year. Um, Nothing. That's I mean, literally, one of my honorable mentions was variant covers because like I legitimately just enjoy looking at them. So I, so I actually have a selection later on that is based purely on variant cover. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's move on to our favorite writers. Okay. Um, All right. I can't believe my, my first honorable mention is Rick Remender. Usually my number one, but Rick Remender for his work on the sacrificers and the Holy Roller, baby. Cause that thing is good. Um, my, my second is, James Tinian the fourth for his work on World Tree, the Deviants, and I just started as we were talking about uh, prior to starting this episode. Something is killing the children. I'm getting caught up, um, and I'll probably read House of Slaughter because it's so unbelievably good. Um, James Tinian the fourth is fantastic. Um, if you haven't read the Nice House on the Lake, also that thing is fantastic and they just released a really nice uh collection hardbound of the whole 
volume one technically because there's going to be a volume two so if you're not reading james tinney in the fourth i know you're reading world tree right gary correct it, it's weird but cool right it is um that there are still so many unanswered questions at this point but it is like a, a great concept like the internet is like a real place you know and wild like i yeah. first five because i i'm collecting that in trade as well um but i i t the reveal of the naked killer girl yeah this was interesting i don't know tinian does a really nice job releasing the horror and it's not like super horror it, it I, I just thought of this now but it almost kind of reminds me of uh stephen king's it where there's 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 a lot of, of background of like when these kids were younger they stumbled across this thing and now that they're older it's reappeared and they're the only ones that know how to kind of work it that's a really cool way to look at it man yeah yeah but it, it's not like that at all no it's you know not. just just the, just the scenes of like you know someone happens to be looking at the computer screen and like they're locked in it's like we gotta get her out of there but we can't look at it since you like, are and you don't know what that power is you know it's with you enjoying world tree I would highly recommend you going and grabbing the deviants. Only one issue's out. Okay. It's a, it's a Christmas horror murder mystery type thing. All right. I think you dig it. May. All right. All right. Well, honorable. Sorry. I, I'm I figure we can talk a little bit more since just the two of us at this point. All right. So I actually I, I knocked this down to a list of five. Ooh. And I felt very I no no. I I I had five, I eliminated two, but I felt very, uh, I don't want to say snobby or trendy or very like name brand. Cause I'm like, Hmm, I have James Tinian, the fourth and Jonathan Hickman and Rick Remender and Ed McKay and Rob Liefeld, like all these like well-known award-winning, everybody knows they're great choices. But there's a reason for that. So my number three, much like you was Rick Remender for his work on the sacrificers and holy roller he's too good he's too good um and rob liefeld i'm, I'm he's still my number two um uh, for his work on deadpool batter blood there is still something about his drawing style and the way it looks and the fact that he's writing it as well it, it just it takes me back to like 92 93 when i first really got hooked into comics and became a Deadpool fan and an X-Sports fan. And it's just something about seeing that again. Hey, um, the nostalgia is <laughs> fair, though, right? Like, that's, that's oh, yeah. a reason to to want to read something. Yeah. Um, Wait, so did Lifefield do the art and the... Yes. Okay. He's doing the, the art and the, and the writing on this series. Just like he did with Bad Blood and the Kill Shot from a couple years ago, so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's doing his own coloring work, but he's doing the drawing and the. Okay, there. <laughs> no, my dog is jumping on me. I'm sorry. Okay, I just saw that look of like sheer pain and surprise on your face there, and no sound. I was blocking him from uh, smacking my uh, privates. Anyway. Gotcha. All right. Those are two honorables, huh? Uh, wait. Yeah, so those are my my honorables. Uh, I'm doing my number one. Oh, my number one's up, bud. Okay. My number one, uh, and this was last year's number one as well, uh, Jed McKay, uh, for his work on Moon Knight and Magic the Gathering from Boom Studios. 
two years in a row for Jed and me. Uh, two series that I have no reason to enjoy as much as I do, both penned by the same scribe. I've, I've never really been into capes and superpowers, and I played magic for the gameplay, not the characters. But I love both of these books. That's fair. So, Jed McKay gets my award for favorite writer. And mine is Chip Zdarsky, which should not be a surprise, uh, for his work on Daredevil and Batman. Chip Zdarsky got me so hooked with uh, Spider-Man Life Story and Daredevil that I followed the man to DC. And now I'm reading DC Comics because things tie into Batman. And then I noticed that. It, it's a whole mess. Like, it's something that I shouldn't d- have done, but because now I'm reading, like, Teen Titans and Batman and Batman and Robin and oh geez, it's just a lot. But Chip Zdarsky is at fault because I followed him. And then I saw that like Simon Spurrier was running the Flash, and I was like, Well, I like Simon Spurrier. Let's check out the Flash. It's no. But Chip Zdarsky's writing of street, like beat detective type stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's what Daredevil and Batman really are, like, when you really break it down, is fantastic. And the darkness is always very, very, very good. Um, and, and that feel definitely carried from Daredevil to Batman. Um, I finished Daredevil. I asked my local comic shop, Carolyn Johns, I was like, where did Chip Zdarsky go? Like, well, he's been writing Batman for a while. So I read the old trades of Batman leading into the current stuff. And it's just been so great. And anytime, and this has happened a couple of years previously as well, where I love a, a writer and I will follow them wherever they go. And Zdarsky is my new one. And that's why he's number one. I personally think I still like Remender more and maybe even Tinian more. But Zdarsky is my writer literally of the year, which is the whole point, because I'm willing yeah. to follow elsewhere. I, I have to say, when I first you know got on board with this, I was pure, purely character driven. Mm-hmm. I love this character. I love this character, et cetera, et cetera. And since I started, you know, reading different books, I have noticed myself, Colin Bunn being one, Remender being another. I haven't really jumped on the Hickman thing yet. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I'm, I'm starting to notice, like, okay, I know nothing about this book, but this guy's writing it, so I'm gonna give it a shot. Have you run into the yet, like, picking something up and then, like, reading going, oh, that was really good, and then realizing that it was one of the people that you've enjoyed their stuff in the past? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. Like, like, actually, last year, like I said, I, I was torn between two books of, you know, which one I was going to pick for my favorite. It was, you know, Magic the Gathering, which, again, I played the card game, didn't know anything about the characters, loved the story, and Moon Knight. And, like, oh, God, it's the same guy. Like, I've been reading this all along, having no idea he was the one reading or writing it. And yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's like cool. I said, I, I, after uh, Scumbag, I mean, I, I think anything Remender puts out after that, I'm, Remender, I'm, I'm on board for it. Remender is an automatic in my uh, pull list guy. He, he just is. I, there is, okay, I know you're, you're backlogged, sir. But I need to slide <laughs> deadly class your way. Oh God! No, I, I, you just—it's the best remender that remender can be. That's a tall order, man. Because I, I, dude, it is. 
probably the favorite comic I've ever read while we're doing the show, but we're getting off track. But that, I mean, regardless, that, that is like, there's a reason we follow these people, right? That's why they're our favorite writers. And I can easily say the same thing about Zdarsky in the future. When I started looking back from other things he wrote, my brain did not remember he wrote Spider-Man Life Story, which is one of the best Spider-Man stories from the last 10 years. Are you familiar with that one at all? Vaguely. Each issue is a generational gap. So it's like 10 years of... actually. That's right. You did explain that once before. It's it's so good. And I mean, that's Darsky. And and that was where I, I didn't realize, but I fell in love with him. And now I'm like following him elsewhere, which is great. And, and I've got a stack of Marjorie Lou stuff back there that I haven't even read yet. Yeah. I have a feeling once I do, I mean, I'm going to get her tattooed on me somewhere or something. I don't know. It's- Monsters is amazing. All right. Let's talk single issues. Favorite single issues of the year. Uh, do you want to actually give your two honorables first? Let's mix yeah, this sure. up. Let's do All that. Right. Uh, my first, uh, or number three, uh, Sacrificers number three, Image Comics. For the uh, ah, I get it moment at the well, that end. was the reveal issue, right? Yeah, okay. like like oh, this is so horrible. This is horrible. This is wonderful. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. yeah. So stuff. that was uh, number three. Um, number two, uh, Transformers number two, Image Comics. Uh, we discussed this earlier. Uh, Starscream's midair patty caking of Duke's brother. Um. It really kind of set the tone. Like I said, this is sort of a, a hybrid of cartoon and old comic book series. And they're definitely showing that the Decepticons are a lot nastier than they were portrayed in either of those forms. As far as their complete disregard for the life on this planet. So, yeah. That's, uh, and again, it was basically just that scene where you're like, oh, Although there was, like I said, the uh, the Optimus Prime reveal where he accidentally stepped on a deer, and he went through this whole ex- explanation about you know my planet's it's all metal, you know it's everything here's so soft, so breakable. I don't leave footprints. You know, everything here is so fragile. Is that issue two that that happened in? I believe so. Yeah, because yeah, because that's at at that point I think they took off to uh, go face the Decepticons that had taken off. Taking over that plant because the first one was yeah, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that both happened in issue two. All right, my honorable mentions then. Transformers number one. Nice. <laughs> my God, I'm reading Transformers. I, I think I think that is the uh, the tagline there. Uh, my second honorable mention. You you spoken up about Transformers. Like it's 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 great. Like I. I've never cared about Transformers other than being a kid playing with things that can change into different things. This comic is changing my mind. Number two, Spine Tingling Spider-Man number zero. Okay. Horror Spider-Man book. It is fantastic. And number zero is a collection of all the issues of the um, I think it was a comicsology run. Uh, it was it was a web comic. Like you could only get it uh, digitally, and then they okay. it in number zero. And it's now an ongoing, and the current ongoing issues one and two are just as good. But number zero was like, oh wow, they can do a like horror Spider Man, and it's fun. Like you know, fun like horror can be fun. 
So no, Sp- is this is this still Peter Parker as a human as Spider Man, or is this like the yeah. multi armed version of him eating no, people? This is this is him. Um, Demon Bear is the the number zero stuff, and he's on during the current stuff, which is not my favorite issue. My favorite issue is zero, which is the Demon Bear stuff. Um. The current run is him stuck on a train in which he cannot get off, but he's stuck as Peter Parker. He can't be Spider Man. It, dude, it's it's great. It's great. All right, favorite issue there, Garibaldi. All right, my favorite issue. Uh, last year's selection was the Scumbag number fourteen. That was the finale, That's based the- purely on like the last three panels of that. That changed my mindset of the entire series. Um. My my favorite single issue was Void Rivals number one, but not for why you think. Um, Robert Kirkman, uh, not because it was a particularly excellent standalone issue. Uh, Void Rivals was the launching point of the shared Energon universe that Kirkman is heading up for Skybound Entertainment at Image Comics. Issue one gave longtime Transformers fans a treat as the Autobot Jetfire was discovered crashed on a desolate planet. There was one spoiler cover, but it was supposed to be a secret. Once issue one came out and there was a need for a second printing, the Sesame Street monster at the end of this book inspired Jetfire cover was released. I hope whoever thought of that idea got a raise or a promotion or something. When I saw that, I laughed and cried at the same time. It was it was just the you know two things you never thought you would see together, but it, it, it was so perfect. It was, I don't know if you've ever seen the child's book. It's got Grover and it's like there's a monster at the end of yeah. the book. Yeah, and he yeah. goes to the whole thing, but don't turn the page and he's like chaining it and he's nailing it with boards and he's taping it and he's building walls and and finally he discovered that the monster at the end of the book is actually Grover. Spoiler. Um but yeah, so they had that same cover with the giant transforming robot at the end of this book with a very cartoonized jet fire. And a favorite issue purely for the alternate cover. I, I figured. Yeah. My question for you is Void Rivals and Transformers good enough? Because I don't know how big of a G.I. Joe fan you are, that you'll follow G.I. Joe comics. It's a shared universe. They are going to... It's Cobra Commanders first? Yeah, Duke and Cobra Commander are going to have their own standalones. They are going to intertwine these enough where you almost have to, I think. No, I don't know how much G.I. Joe and Void Rivals are going to have crossover, but they're going to probably definitely do Transformers and G.I. Joe and Transformers and Void Rivals they're already doing. So... um. I, I probably will just because I don't want to miss something key. It, it, it's 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 basically probably going to be one. It's going to be like the same book with like three different titles. I, I think is what it's going to end up being. But well, I'm not going to lie to you. I ask because I don't want to pick them up, but I want to know what's going on. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> My favorite issue. I guarantee you cannot guess what it is. Hmm. <laughs> I guarantee you cannot figure out what it is. Guarantee, wow. I want to say it's probably something with sacrificers, but oh. no. 
You ready? Batman issue? Oh. All right. I, I could keep guessing, but. Wonder Woman number one. Never would have even gone never there. would I. I've I... never, ever cared about. Well, I mean, not much of a DC person to begin with. Never really cared about Wonder Woman. Boy, does that issue make you care. Um, you're not following Wonder Woman right now. The Amazons, you know, if you don't know Wonder Woman's an Amazon, you don't care at this point. Um, an Amazon supposedly killed a bunch of people in a bar. Um, they decided that that meant that the Amazons were fighting against the world, America, whatever, and they decide to corner Diana, Wonder Woman, um, and tries to capture her and. She single-handedly just wipes out an army. I was going to say, it seems like a dumb thing to do, but okay. And seriously, the way they did it, the the way that they paced it, the fact that she was so calm and so on top of it and just like, it was beautiful and it made you really appreciate her and what she was fighting for. I'm not even correcting it. <laughs> My fiance is. She picked up issue one and the guys at the comic shop were like, if you're reading nothing, Wonder Woman is the only thing you should be reading. And I was like, okay, you guys are full of crap. I read it. I was like, they're very, very, very right. It's still very good. I've not read issue three yet, but issue one made it made me into a I want to read a Wonder Woman comic book guy. That says a lot about a single issue. Because frequently issue ones, you're like, eh, I'll give it its first six and then bow out. Yeah. It was a... They throw everything at you to hook you and then... But it's not even everything. It was just so well-paced and so well-written that you were like, can I can I have more, please? Now? Like, right now. Usually I'm happy oh. with comics done. Like, hey, this is, this is how it wrapped. You know, I can't wait for next month. But it was a, this is done. I want to read more now, please. If you're not reading Wonder Woman, seriously, if you're like me and you're like, there's no reason that I would be into it, you're wrong, period. Pick it up. All right. Are you ready for the big boy? I'm always ready for the big boy, Phil. They're going to clip that and it's going to be so bad, Gary. They should not let us be alone. Uh, all right. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they can clip that too. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, you've got a whole best of Phil out there already. So there's a best of Gary too. It's true. All right, favorite <laughs> title, my friend. This is the big one. This is our best of in our minds for the year. Our favorites. I will do my two honorables. You can do your three if you would like, or I can bounce back to my number one if you want. However you want to do it, just let me know. I'll, I'll go through. I'll go through my three because I don't think uh, I'm going to be as grandiose as you. I own. highly doubt it. All right. Um, my number, my first runner-up is Batman by Chip Zdarsky. I love reading Batman again. I really don't think I need to say anything more. It's been years. Stayed away from DC. I'm back. My honorable mention number two is Amazing Spider-Man. This is the first time in a while that. Spider-Man has been fine. It's been fine. It hasn't been great, but it's been fine. This past year, 
other than the most recent arc, which was garbage, um, I, I, I've been really into it, like excited to be reading it again. So Batman and Amazing Spider-Man are my honorable mentions, Gary. All right. My two honorable mentions, uh, Battle Chasers, my, my uh, number three. Uh, I think I summed this one up during our last SSPS. I'll call it mild Stockholm Syndrome and just leave it at that. Right. All right. My second runner-up, uh, number two, uh, last year's number one, Moon Knight. Um, I can't defend why I like this as much as I do. As I explained last year, it can be done wrong, so it's not a free pass just being Moon Knight. Yeah. It's just well-written, visually pleasing series that doesn't have nostalgia or gimmicks to help hold my attention. And my pick of the year, The Sacrificers by Rick Remender and Image Comics. All right, so we have the same pick of the year, my friend. What? Yes. I'm learning. You are. Well, no. It, it, I mean, this is all, you know, it, it's up to each of us, right? But, but damn, The Sacrificers, right? I mean, I, I, I suppose it's still early enough in the series that they can still let me down. But given its lineage and pedigree, I don't think it's going to. It's remender. So with that in mind, so instead of us, I, I, I'll give my spiel here in a second. Okay. But let, let, let's talk about what The Sacrificers is. So The Sacrificers itself is this comic that is kind of a mysterious series that you're introduced to a family that there's like a weirdly outcast child. They are given this outcast child to, for lack of a better term, the government. Mm-hmm. take away during the yearly or whatever biannually what whatever. i'm trying to figure out what the time span I, is. I don't know how i don't think it's yearly I, it has to be like every like 20 years or something because the or like 10 years or something regardless like yeah some young enough that they're not like full-blown adults um that a family has to give up a child to the gods the twist is that when the children get to the place that they're supposed to be for the gods, it's a wonderful place for them. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, they are terrified growing up, knowing that this is their fate, mm-hmm. with the exception of one who is sort of like honored to be in the position. And when they get to this, you know, the, the, this oh, nice. harrowing trek, you know, through you know, icy mountains and barren deserts, and it's just horrible. They're in chains, and then they get there, and it is like, what was it Adventure Island from the old Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. It was like everything you could possibly ever want to do is you're free to do. You are just free to roam and loving life, and you are treated like an absolute king or queen. And then... Nope, we're good there. I think that's yeah. where we leave it. Um, yeah. I say, and to be honest, I mean, this is my pick of the year, but I don't know who the actual villain is yet. Uh, I know almost nothing about the hero. I don't even know the full details of the story, but the setup (laughs) just has me like salivating at the mere mention. So, so the fact of the matter is Rick Remender is very good about pacing his quote unquote hero. Um, The understanding I think that we're supposed to be grasping is that the child from the bird family that we met in issue one is, yeah, is going to be kind of our protagonist or the daughter of the gods. That's what I mean, because she is just now heading out to do whatever it is she's going to do. Also notice that 
I know you've read some Remender. Most Remender stuff has a male and a female protagonist. Okay. So they'll probably be oh. working opposite sides of the same... Or together at some point when we we see like, what's going on. They'll be coming out. from the left, she'll be coming from the right, they'll meet in the middle somewhere. Right. And the, the fact of the matter is the twist isn't that much of a twist. Like, it's not super, super surprising of what happens, but how it's going down is bad. Um, and I mean, it's recommended. It's dark. It's God, it's wonderful. Like I'm excited. I have a new issue that I need to be done with this podcast so I can read it. Okay. That's where, that's where I'm at because I, I, I'm looking forward and not, not to give any spoilers, but there, there was uh one candidate that went awry and she made some mention about, fortunately, I know someone who loves this. I want to see who that is. <laughs> It's so good. I mean, Remender is really strong at leaving threads for you to want to follow. And then once you get to like the end of a series, they somehow all connect. Um, I, I just, I haven't read anything from him that I've been let down by the end. Seven to Eternity was fantastic. Deadly Class is probably my favorite comic book of all time. This is so good. Fear Agent's fun. If you're not reading Remender, I mean, even if you go back to his run on X-Force, like, the man knows what he's doing. Will, will we get Remender out of Holy Roller? Yes. I mean, did you did you read that comic? That first, issue, that first issue was like, this is another Remender book. Yeah, I, I mean, there's enough Andy Samberg in there that you can identify like kind of him as the lead character and his influence. But if it's going to be remembered, this is going to be messed up. Oh, wait, I'm so excited. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe next year that'll be our pick. Ooh. So with that in mind, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Gary and I had a blast. Uh, sad. We had to see Darren bow out. Uh, it happens. We all have lives. Um, this is a real easy wrap up for me. Uh, this year, our, favorite title between gary and i were the sacrificers um gosh it's good it, it's it's fun can we, just say, can we just say human target for darren I, let's say human target for darren and we're guessing here it seemed like he was going down that path oh like else qualified but, yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not sure from all of us here at the panel scanners have a safe and wonderful holiday season we happy will birthday matt Hey, and happy birthday, me, before uh, we come back, because my birthday oh. is January 4th, buddy. Yeah, we, we miss it, Matt and Mark. I know, we miss you guys, and Darren as well. Step away. Uh, hopefully, when we come back next month for what you're looking forward to 2024, we will have more voices and maybe all five of the guys back together, because um, we always love talking about the cool stuff that we're looking forward to for the next year. Uh, so if you're not at this point, please try to follow us on Instagram at panel scanners, uh, on Apple podcast. If you want to throw some comments our way, talk about your favorites, please feel free to, um, and from, I guess just Gary and I at this point, we'll see you next month and enjoy your comics.